Welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Allman, and joining me is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what is up, man? Well, Mike, the, we just finished getting all our spoilers for Commander Legends today, and yeah. uh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, normally we uh, we try to record a little bit ahead of time, you know, get get a good semblance of what's going on, and frankly, if, if something comes up, the world is a little crazy right now, it makes sense for us to have some things backlogged. Can't really pull that with this. Uh, we... We want to be kind of on top of things with all the spoilers. And Alex, there's so many cards. There's so many there cards, are, Alex. There are a lot of cards, Mike. But we've gone through and we've picked some political and some group hug cards because, Mike, there's a lot of new political cards in this in this set, more than I was expecting. And we're going to talk about those cards today. Yeah, we're going to talk about the set a little bit as, you know, some extra unique potpourri cards uh, in the future here. But like you said, we're leaning into kind of our bread and butter, the political cards, the group hug cards that we have the most fun playing with in most decks and think we should see more of in other decks. Um, moving right into it, we're going to kind of group up all of the reprints together. A lot of these are cards that are in a good amount of decks, some of them not so much, but they already exist out there. So things like Arcane Denial, uh, countering a spell, giving the controller of that spell extra cards on their upkeep, you getting a card of the upkeep. It's a nice little, you know, group hug kind of counter. Hey, I'm going to stop you from doing the thing you want to do, but here's kind of a condolence prize. Uh, Factor Fiction, asking an opponent to go ahead and separate some cards out and pick some for you, or you get to pick some, rather. Um, and then Generous Gift, Another one, kind of destroy target permanent, give them a 3-3 elephant. Always cool to give people elephants. Also, definitely one of my favorite card arts in Magic. Just, it, it's adorable. Um, and then I think the, probably the one that's going to get the most recognition, maybe Arcane Denial, but uh, Neveril's Disc, uh, four mana artifact, comes in the battlefield tapped. Pay one, tap it, destroy artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Pretty cool. Um, those are the more common ones that you see around um, and do see a good amount of play. The other ones, Alex, do you want to go ahead and talk to us about those? I don't see these as often, but I think I have at least one deck that has all of these different uh, creatures now that I'm looking at it in the, sure. in the deck itself. Uh, one, one that I would talk about here is, is Humble Defector, which is mm -hmm. one in a red. It's a 2-1 human rogue. It has the ability to tap and draw two cards. Target opponent gains control of Humble Defector. Activate this ability only during your turn. So, very few decks run this card, but it is a total Zedru staple. Oh, for sure. It, um, I mean, this card's a complete bomb in Zedru, but it's not only for Zedru. This is a red creature that straight up draws you two cards. Yep. And For two mana. Red, uh, red can draw cards. Red can. But can red draw cards this readily and this repeatedly? Without discarding no. a bunch of stuff at the same no, time? No, exactly. Without yeah. being impulse draw, without stealing it from somebody else's library. This is a lot of value 
for not a lot of mana. And Mike, why is that? Because it has the downside, and if anybody uh, can't tell, the, the biggest air quotes possible on that, of target opponent gains control of Humble Defector when you activate this ability. And you can mm-hmm. only activate it during your turn. Mm-hmm. So with that being the case, yeah, you get this two mana, two one creature that you tap to draw cards. But when you do it, you're going to have to give it to somebody else. Oh, no. Alex, what happens in most games of Commander? Did, did, do Does well, everybody start at the exact same balance level and end up at the exact same balance level? Or does usually somebody rise above the rest? Yeah, Mike, usually there's uh, there's almost always going to be a front runner. And even uh, even other, other content creators have recognized this. They'll talk about the four phases of a game mm-hmm. and not like the beginning, the middle, the end of the game. They'll talk about parity, which is when everybody's roughly on a level playing field. We're talking about uh, Arch Enemy, where somebody is way out ahead, if you're way out ahead. Right. Um, you're talking about if you're if you're losing, if you're behind, and we're talking about if you're in the middle, doing okay, but you're not in the front. Right. And and most of the time, it's one of the latter three. Most of the time, you don't have a situation. Even at the very beginning of the game, most of the time, you're not having a situation where everybody's at an equal power level. So the fact of the matter is that most of the time, somebody is going to be out ahead, and what that means is that it's very possible for you to be an opportunist, as we are, and strike a deal. And that deal is, I will give you Humble Defector each turn, and you'll give it back to me each turn, and we will just draw three cards every turn. And, Mike, there's a card that's quite a lot like that, and uh, and it's banned. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you can do it all at once, but this one you just spread it out across a bunch of different turns, and uh, it's this this card's fantastic. I like it. Uh, next card that I want to talk about is Orzov Advocist. I like this one a lot. Orzov Advocist is ironically not Orzov. Right. It's it's, two it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, two and a white for a one for a human advisor, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, each player may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. If a player does, creatures that player controls can't attack you or a planeswalker you control until your next turn. Real simple. Now. Yeah, it's very simple. It's 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 a question that you have at the beginning of your upkeep. Do you want to get two free counters, or do you want to have the choice of whether you want to attack me or not? Mike, most of the time, for most creature decks, this is not true of all creature decks, mm-hmm. most creature decks attack once, or they'll attack several times at the end of the game, but not during the game so much. Right. Some creature decks attack all the time, that's definitely possible. Most creature decks do one big alpha strike at the end. Every other turn, they're perfectly happy to lock down their board completely and not be allowed to attack you in exchange for two plus one plus one counters. This is an excellent white card. This is the kind of card I I wish we would see more of. How do you feel about this one, Mike? So I love Orzov Advocates for the simple fact that because it's something that triggers on your upkeep, it also helps you dictate what you're going to do with your turn and what threats you're going to have on your turn. Like, you basically have the ability of, okay, you're going to put two counters on, you're going to put two counters on, and you're not. So I have to care about your creatures this turn or mm-hmm. on your turn, something along those lines, mm-hmm. which is pretty easy. Um, 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I I, I run this, I think, in three different decks, um, most notably, and I think the MVP commander of, or potentially the MVP commander of our uh, of our podcast so far is Edru, because that's the one that I made my Dungeons and Dragons deck. So I right. basically decided that Orzhov Advocates was allowing people to level up their creatures. Sure. It's like, hey, I will reward you for not doing the murder hobo thing and trying to hurt and the, me. The fact of the matter is that if they don't take the counters, mm-hmm. you know they're going to attack you. Right. Nobody just doesn't take the counters. Right. They plan to attack you. Which means you know to prepare for them, and I'm a big fan exactly. of that. You're going to hold your creatures back. Next one we'll talk about here... Last of our reprints, but yes. No, there, there, we have we have a few more, but we're not going to talk about each of them individually. Sure. Uh, first, first we'll mention the vow cycle, which is oh yeah yeah yeah, and and the vow cycle is a cycle of auras. They all cost two and a color mana, and they're all enchant creature, and they all give the creature they're enchanting mm-hmm. uh, plus x plus x, and they all give the creature a keyword. The white one gives vigilance. The red one gives first strike. And they all have the clause, the enchanted creature can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. Right. Um, now, you don't really see these very often. I think they're they're fun and political. The problem is that mm, the value is a little bit low for the cost. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the kind of value you would want for a group hug card, right? The problem is that it, it, can, it can enchant one of your creatures, right? If it said enchant a creature an opponent controls, then it could only enchant... Your opponent's creatures, I think we would see this at one and a white, one degree. And right. at that point, it becomes way more desirable, right? But right now, at three mana for each one, Mike, I'm not running these cards. Are you running any of them? I'm not. I, I've, I've tried before, but at a certain point, it's a, well, I could do this thing and encourage that creature to attack everybody else. But I'm not really mm-hmm. scared of something because it's a big creature. I'm scared of something because when it attacks, it does something terrifying. So... Right. I don't want to pay three mana for somebody to keep attacking when I can pacify it or remove it or something else along those lines that either costs less or eliminates the threat completely. I guess it's kind of cool to be like, hey, I'm going to make that thing bigger. Don't hit me with it. But that's mm-hmm. that's a step too far, even for me, for this podcast, as far as this the is value. the same amount of mana as as Orzov Advocates. Right. And it's for one creature. Yeah. Instead of. All of their creatures. Right. Um, and and when you look at these, these are three mana. And then you look at Disrupt Decorum, which is uh, two and two red for a sorcery that says, goad all creatures you don't control. Right. And that value is, as far as I'm, that's through the roof compared to any of these. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. I'd, I'd, pay one, I'd pay one more mana to make everybody not hit me and have mm-hmm. to hit each other over... Yeah this one creature, I'm going to make it slightly larger and make sure that it doesn't hit me mm-hmm. until somebody disenchants it and then starts swinging at me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not there. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last one that I want to talk about is is one you, you may not have heard of, but it's got art by Seb McKinnon, so big ups right there, right? Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> Quambaj Witches. Love this card. For Black Black, it's a human wizard. It's a 1-3, and it has the activated ability tap Quambaj Witches deals one damage to any target and one damage to any target of an opponent's choice. I love this kind of effect. And Mike, there is another card that this reminds me of. What's that? Diochan Artful Beauty. Have you heard of this one? I I haven't, but I'm sure you're about to tell me. 
<laughs> so Diachon Artful Beauty is from Portal Three Kingdoms, and it got it got one pr- free print in Commander's Arsenal, which they should have made again. That was a great set. So Diachon Artful Beauty is three and a red for a legendary creature, Human Advisor. It's a one one, and she has the activated ability tap, destroy target creature of your choice, then destroy target creature of an opponent's choice. Activate this ability only during your turn before uh, attackers are declared, and that's a great card. That's in red, and this is like a little baby version of that in black, and I think that works just fine. Um, it's not going to always get that value, but this can destroy any 2-2 on the board, and there's a lot of 2-2s out there. I don't know. You may not run this, but it's a budget option, right? It looks great. It's got great art. Quambaj Witches. Anyway, uh, those are all the reprints that's, that we wanted to talk about this set. Let's talk about the new cards, the new political and group hug cards that we're excited about. And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go by color. So we're gonna start yeah. with white, which totally separate conversation. Yep. I'm a little bit disappointed, Mike. I thought we were gonna get yeah. some more interesting white cards. But I don't really want to get into that right now. We'll no, talk about that we'll, more at another time. There will be but there there are a couple of white yeah, cards. Right there now. will there will be a reckoning on the podcast, whether it's in the very near future as a segment or if it is a much more uh, expanded uh, episode slash uh, crusade the great griping about white. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're gonna go ahead and start with white. Uh, and this first one is actually I we're we're kind of we're kind of poo pooing on it, but I this might be my favorite legendary creature in the set. Interesting. Um, Arden, intrepid archaeologist. Uh, two generic and a white for legendary creature core scout. It's a two two. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may attach any number of auras and equipment you control to target permanent or player, and it has partner. Alex, I love the idea of attaching equipment to other creatures that I don't control because, awesome, free equip, you go hit this thing. Hey, if I give you this sort of Feast and Famine, will you go ahead and smack this guy with it? Also... I have I nothing makes me happier than the idea of I'm going to enchant myself with curse of opulence, and then I'm going to send it over your way. On my, <laughs> just just to give people a, what? Oh yeah, no, that's still going to be bad for me. I love this card. Yeah, Mike, this this is a very interesting card. The issue with uh, that plan of curse of opulence is that you would only be able to do curses when you did that trigger, right? You wouldn't be able yeah. to use any of your your equipment or anything like that because equipment can't attach to a player however uh, as far as i'm aware this is the only card that can on mass attach equipment to an opponent's creature Mm -hmm. normally equipment can only be attached to your creatures this one just send them right over to your opponent's creatures and tell them hey i'm going to suit that thing up this is this is different from a vow bike this is you can really get some value onto that creature and really suit that thing up and say, sick him, boy. This is reverse just... Voltron, potentially. Yeah, yeah, it is reverse and Voltron. You can... Do you know what this reminds me of? A little bit Zancha, a little bit. Yeah, and and the other part of it is, okay, so two parts of it. First of all, it can be reverse Voltron, and you can Voltron the heck out of one of your opponent's commanders, which is cool. Also, mm-hmm. it's at the beginning of combat on your turn. You can equip it to you. So mm-hmm. this can be a bunch of free equips on combat if Arden is still alive. 
Oh yeah. Which is awesome. Which I think you can, is you can play Voltron with this for which, sure. Which I think is what they're actually planning on doing. Right. Here's the other thing that I like in the meanest way possible. And I, I think talking to you in the most complimentary sense is starting to corrupt me and make me like look into the really, really oppressive ways that I can be mean to people. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to pacify a creature and then move that around. I still control that aura, right? You sure do. So, okay, you played this 5-5 five, five, that's a big mean thing. Oh, but this person played their commander. I don't want to activate its abilities. Boof. Mike, you want to know something even meaner that I would want to see you do with this command? Gee, I wonder how I'm getting corrupted slowly by you. Go ahead. Mm, how did this happen? So there are a couple of equipments, and I think a couple of auras too, uh, that say when this equipment comes unattached from the equipment uh-huh. creature, <laughs> sacrifice that creature uh, or destroy that creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now if, if it says sacrifice... You have to be careful because that's not going to work because you control the equipment, mm-hmm. so you can't sacrifice the creature. However, right. there are there's one or two that say destroy that creature. Ooh. So you can maybe double up this trigger with something, maybe a strionic resonator, and just destroy something and then equip all that stuff to you, right? Yeah. I think this, this card is certainly one of the more interesting uh, white commanders we've got lately, and it's an uncommon. Like, this is a low-power commander and it's got shenanigans written all over it mike but we should move along right yeah the last the last bit i promise yeah go for it it's it's one of the more interesting white commanders i've seen in a while and i got really excited about it and i know it's actually a benefit so i shouldn't complain about this but i'm like hey way to go mono oh oh it's a partner commander never mind so it's not even a mono mm-hmm. white commander so much as it's, it's yeah, a it really isn't because nobody's <laughs> running this solo right right you're pairing this up it, yeah at the very least even if you're just playing this card just to get into another color it's cool but moving on with the same color, let's go ahead and look at Livio, Oathsworn Sentinel, one generic and a white for a legendary creature, Human Knight, 2-2. Two, two. For one generic and a white, choose another target creature. Its controller may exile it with an Aegis counter on it. For two generic, a white, and tapping it, you can return all exiled cards with Aegis counters on them to the battlefield under their owner's control. This is also a partner commander. Go ahead, Alex. Talk to me about this. Well, Mike, it's pronounced Aegis. Dang it. <laughs> um, this this reminds me of, there are several artifacts that uh, basically allow you to slowly, slowly mark certain permanents to be saved and then eventually wipe the board. And I feel that those are generally pretty weak and that this one's pretty weak as well. However, the fact that you can... Uh, that you don't have to tap this commander for each Aegis counter that you're spreading around. Um, it does cost two mana, but you can, I mean, you can have a, a banner turn and just mark a bunch of creatures and then blink them immediately. And that's that's value that that you can spread around. I mean, that's this is a this is a mono white blink commander. Yeah, that is. A little bit different from the other two blink commanders that that are popularly run, and it's definitely weaker. It's definitely oh, sure, not sure. as strong, but I think it has it has some potential. So, I like the idea of person on your left has a shriek maw. Hey, if I blink that, will you target his commander? Kind of stuff. You know, I mean, like it's there's some limitations, obviously, and it's not ideal 
It's good that it's partner, so it can get into other colors. I don't know. It's an interesting effect. I, I don't think I'm going to run it, though. There's one extra use for this for this card, Mike, and that's you can protect an arbitrary number of creatures. Yes. Both yours and other people's from board wipes and removal. Mm-hmm. And then bring it back at your leisure. Right. It, it's good for ETB. It's good for just protection, things along those lines. The only issue is that it doesn't protect itself when that happens. Because it's another yeah, it target cannot, creature. It cannot blink itself. Yeah. yeah. So you you yeah. have to protect it to be able to protect other things in that case. Uh, unless... Gift of Immortality. Right. Well, that, or unless you're playing our next card here. Look at that transition. Uh, right. Slash the ranks. Three generic, white, white for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures and planeswalkers, except for commanders. Reed, Livio, Oathworn <laughs> Sentinel. Um... <laughs> So this is in here as a board wipe, but most board wipes, I don't know that you can necessarily just call it political or not. This one, you can lean a little bit more that way. Tell us why, Alex. Yeah, Mike, most board wipes are either indiscriminate or they allow uh, people to keep maybe a certain amount of combined power. Slight selection kind of stuff. Keep a certain... Like, they can keep one permanent or one permanent of each type. Right. Things like that. This one says, okay, we're wiping the board, but everybody gets to keep their commanders. Mm-hmm. And it destroys all planeswalkers that aren't commanders. Yeah. Yeah. Now, black get that gets that effect for two mana. That, but there white is gets that. it for five. <laughs> so, so there's that. Yeah. Now, I think that if you're going for raw board white value, this is not the card for you. No. Right. There are there are five mana board wipes in white that will blow this right out of the water. However, this is a this is a political option. You can you're not going to get very many field bads with this, right? You're going to wipe all the boards, but all the commanders stay nice and safe. And that means your commanders stay nice and safe. And uh and the command zone when they when they reviewed this card, they were like, Oh, well, there's all these other cards that are that are way more value than this. And I don't disagree with them. I, I agree completely. There are way there's a there's a ton of rats mike that you would run before this if you were just going for value but this isn't just about value right and i mean i think part of the the blind spot and when you're talking about cards like this and people you know referring specifically there's better board wipes you're absolutely right but if i'm running a voltron deck and that voltron Mm -hmm. creature is my commander i love this card you know like it's like everything else, yes, in a vacuum, there's better cards than this that do similar things. But I like this effect. I like being able to build around certain things that I know are going to happen and other people don't, but that's the whole point of the game. Um, it's not it's not an absolute beater. It's not oppressive. It's not crazy. But it's cool. It, it's an effect I haven't seen before. So I'm down for it. So those are our three white cards that we wanted to look at. Frankly, Mike, I wish there were more. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's there's other white cards that are in the set that are neat, but they definitely don't fit into this episode. And I, I don't know. I am I'm a little sad for white. And again, that's down the road. <laughs> there were other white cards in the set that were printed in blue and black. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna yeah, talk about some of them yeah. pretty soon. Not yet though. We're gonna talk about Amphin Mutineer first. This is a three generic, one blue Salamander Pirate, which, man, I'm such a fan. Um, When Amphin Mutineer enters the battlefield, 
Exile up to one target non-salamander creature. That creature's controller creates a 4-3 blue salamander warrior creature token. And then it has Encore for four generic and two blue. Exile this card from your graveyard for each opponent. Create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able. They gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step. Activate only as a sorcery. Go for it, Alex. Well, Mike, this is uh, this is right on color for blue, which is kind of something that might catch people a little off guard if they're not quite as, as well-versed in the color pie. But uh, blue is allowed to spot-remove creatures as long as they replace those creatures with something else. Uh, we're talking about... Rapid hybridization. Thank you. Rapid hybridization. There's a couple that, that are like this, and they replace the creature that they destroy with another creature. A thing, yeah. With a thing. Now, this exiles a creature. Yes. That's uh, that's that's typically a black and white thing. This is yeah. You card. you get that in reality shift, but even then, yes. like that's that's about it, isn't it? I think reality shift is basically the only blue spot removal exile target creature I, effect yeah, until now. Until now. Um, and then the the encore, which is a little bit higher in the cost, but the encore allows you to exile a bunch of stuff again. The the encore basically is grasp of fate for creatures. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. That, that's some decent value. Enjoy, everybody enjoy your 4-3 Salamander Warrior, which... Oh, but that was my commander. Yeah, but I do like that this thing enters the battlefield and gives people Salamander Warriors, but it's a Salamander Pirate. That that does give yeah. me a little bit of happiness where it's, it, it's no, I am, I am the Mutineer. I am the Pirate. Everybody else can have Warriors. But yeah. no, I like the card. I could see it being played a good amount. Hey. Hmm. I am okay with a 3-3 for 4 mana that exiles a creature and gives them a token with the ability to later on pay 6 mana to exile 3 creatures. I'm fine with that. I'm not saying it's 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 awesome, but it's a cool effect. I like exile right. in blue. I mean, when you're talking about... I mean, I, exile is obviously worth more than destroy. Sure. But the other two spot removal cards, I believe, are 1 mana and 2 mana. Yeah. And this is 4 mana. Right. So it's a little bit up there on the curve for me personally, but let's let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to move on to Sakashima's Will, three generic, one blue for a sorcery. Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast the spell, you may choose both. Target opponent chooses a creature they control. You gain control of it. Second option. Choose a creature you control. Each other creature you control becomes a copy of that creature until end of turn. Alex, tell me why we're talking about this card, because I'm excited. Well, we're talking about it mostly because of the first mode. Yeah. Like a yeah. target opponent chooses a creature they control, you gain control of it. That's a permanent effect. That's a permanent control change effect. Doesn't they say until end of turn, nothing along those lines. You control it. Mm-hmm. This may not happen every game, but I could definitely see a situation where either somebody's about to get knocked out, or they don't have a great board state, but they do have a great creature. Mm-hmm. And... There's a huge threat that you both need to work together to destroy a, a, a real arch enemy. You say, hey, if you give me that Eldrazi that you're maybe going to hit him for 10 and then you're going to lose the game, I can turn all of my creatures into that Eldrazi and <laughs> blow him out of the water. You know, from there, we'll 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 see what happens from there. Right, right. The, the threat will be dead. And I, I think that makes this my quite a political card. It does. I feel like when you're casting this spell, it's almost going to feel like 
uh, kind of like you're letting yourself down if you don't cast both abilities. So it, it yeah. is it is pretty dependent on having your commander out, but it's not it's not a spell that's useless if you don't have your commander currently. It's kind of cool. I like it. I'm 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 for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This this is an interesting one. I would I would like to talk about this card more, if not for the fact that I am way more excited about the next card. Um, next card, wrong turn, two generic, one blue for an instant. Target opponent gains control of target creature. If an attacking or blocking creature changes controllers, it's removed from combat. It's not an end of turn effect. It's a three mana. Somebody else gains control of a creature. Alex, this is cool. Mike, this is probably the single... There's only been a couple of donate effects printed in the game. This is probably the best one-off donate effect ever printed. I believe so. Because you can donate someone else's creature to someone else yes and you can donate one of your creatures to someone else and that can be a good thing or a bad thing the only thing that i can think of that's like this is when you get into like the role reversal and harmless offering stuff Mm -hmm. because but those are harmless offering is you have to pick one of your things and it's at sorcery speed the role reversal i believe is also at sorcery speed but you have to exchange something. Mm-hmm. This is just straight up, hey, player two, you have player three's commander at instant speed. This is multiple effects. Yeah. Like it reminds you in the in the reminder text, and this is true, this goes for any effect. If a control change effect happens during combat and that creature is attacking or blocking during combat, it's not attacking or blocking anymore. It's right. from combat. So this can act as, as a fog... That's like a super fog. It's yep. not only do you not deal damage, also I gain control of that creature forever. You can do that. You can, in respect, so help me out here. Is there a timing where somebody attacks and you can put one of their creatures in front of that creature by by wrong turning it into the way before blocks yes, have been if, declared? if they're not attacking you, if they're attacking yes. another player, then you can steal one of their creatures give it to the other player and and then during the declare blocking phase they can use that creature to block destroying that creature and maybe both creatures and it's three mana and, and it's an instant it's a cool card this is raw value this this is the most interesting effect like this since sudden substitution ooh which i still think sudden substitution is is more interesting than this Yes. But it's also more complicated. Sudden substitution is exchange control of uh, target non-creature spell and target creature. Right. Which is very complicated and has a ton of weird and zany stuff you can do. Right. And this is kind of similar to that. One one last note. The art is just this enormous Thrynax-looking boy. He's huge. He's in a library. And the, and the flavor text says, it's Bewildered Bellow was met with a stern shush. <laughs> what would be a great card to uh, to do this with, Mike? Oh, buddy. Our next card. We're doing really... We're getting better at this. Look at the transitions. <laughs> Play Griever. We're moving on to black. Two generic and a black for a 6-5 beast. Ho, ho, ho. That's right. This is a 6-5, three mana. At the beginning of your end step, sacrifice each other creature you control. Well, okay. Um, that's not a great effect, 
But discard two cards, sacrifice Plague Reaver, choose target opponent. Return Plague Reaver to the battlefield under that player's control at the beginning of their next upkeep. Alex, it's 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 group hug. You're giving people a car or you're giving people a creature. That's super good, right? Mike, I think this would fall under the group slug yeah. style of crime. Alternatively, you could say that this is uh Oh, it's super political. It's super Yeah, this this is a political. very political card. You know what this reminds me of? Effects like Crown of Doom, effects Ooh, yep. like Jinx Choker, mm-hmm. cards like that where you're you're almost playing hot potato yes. with this card, right? And you don't need a Zedra effect to donate it because it can donate itself. Yep. And my two cards. That's a lot. That's painful. That's, like, that one hurts. One card is painful enough. Two cards? That could take you multiple turns to recover from that loss. The downside of, okay, I either discard two cards or I sacrifice every other creature except for this stupid thing. It sticks around. You're going to discard the cards. You're going to have to. Because yeah. the only reason you don't do this is if you have no creatures on board. If you have no creatures on board, Plague Reaver wouldn't be targeting you. This is awesome. Like, if if you're running this card, 100% you want to be running it in a deck that has multiple altars and sacrifices. Oh, yeah. Just in case you can't afford to discard two cards and then you lose your entire board. Right. Right. So you can sacrifice them at instant speed. This This card is great. It's very black. Uh, I love this design, and it's mean. It is. It is it, like as as group hug and political, and as as much as much as we want everybody to have fun. This is a very mean card. That's fun. <laughs> it definitely fun mean. it definitely puts a a spin on the. Okay, I'm gonna give this to you. Good luck. Yeah, have fun with that, buddy. Yeah. Also, if it makes you feel any better. You're going to draw a card on your turn, so think of it this way. You're really just discarding one extra card. It's fine. Just pretend you didn't draw, and you discarded something. You know, this reminds me a little bit of Goblin Spymaster. Oh, yeah. A goblin that uh, each opponent creates a goblin token, Mm -hmm. and that token says uh, each creature you control must attack each combat of Fable. So they they get something, but they don't want to have it. And this is this is a bit like that. I, I like this design, Michael. It's, it's a cool card. Um, mm-hmm. It it is mean in a weird way. Our next card is mean in a pretty much just straightforward way. Uh, profane transfusion, six generic, black, black, black. This is a nine mana sorcery. Two target players exchange life totals. Okay. You create an XX colorless horror artifact creature token where X is the difference between those players' life totals. Um, gulp? Go ahead. You know, this this reminds me quite a bit of, uh, I think it's Phyrexian Rebirth. Yep. Which is a white board wipe that destroys all creatures and then makes an XX horror equals to the number of creatures that you destroyed. Um, so this, this, I think, is quite similar. Now... Exchanging life totals is usually a white effect, which is why I bring that up. Um, but I guess black can, can have it too. That's fine. This can this can swing the game. Like, it can swing it a lot. You can save yourself at a very low life total by completely hosing the life gain deck. You can save somebody else's life and make an enormous creature. 
No matter what happens, right? You're getting a big fat creature. Otherwise, you're not casting this spell. Yeah, you're not you're not doing this for a uh, seven seven. Right. I think, Mike, that you played this card in a black deck where you're paying a bunch of life. Yeah. What's what's Kirik? Uh, Kirik. In in Kirik, you're you're playing this card for six mana. You're probably exchanging your single digit life total for a big fat forty something life total, and you're making a thirty thirty for six mana. Yeah. In in Kirik, this is a it's a windmill slam. But then you're playing Kirik. This is a if if it's a big mana black deck, it's going mm-hmm. in. If it's yeah. a black deck which manipulates life totals, reads. Mm-hmm. Every black deck, almost. It sh- this is a good card. It's ex- any Orzov deck where you're dumping your life total. Yeah, it's it's an expensive card. Don't get me wrong. Nine man is a lot. You have to figure out it some is. pretty. You have to. You got to get creative with how you get it out there. But I'm okay with you having a couple of those seven to ten mana cost cards if they are ones that win you the game or basically win you the game. This can absolutely do that if you play at the right time. Moving from black to red with a new commander. Jessica, Thrice Reborn, two generic and a red for a legendary Planeswalker, comes in with zero loyalty, except Jessica, Thrice Reborn, enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. Okay. For zero loyalty, choose target creature. Until your next turn, if that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals triple that damage to that player instead. It's minus X ability. Jessica, Thrice Reborn, deals X damage to each of up to three targets. Jessica, Thrice Reborn, can be your commander, and it is a partner. So there's a lot of stuff going on there, and a lot of different stipulations. Comes in with loyalty equal to the amount of times that you've cast a commander. It can be your commander. It has partner. You can minus it to deal damage to three targets. But the reason that I like this, Alex, is that zero ability. Talk to us about this card and what this can do in a political setting. Absolutely, Mike. So one of the the big issues that we all know that, that commander has is that aggro has some trouble in commander, right? It's difficult for aggro to do well in this format. Because unlike in any other format where you have a single opponent, that player has 20 life, you just got to get him down to zero and then you win. In Commander, it's the exact opposite, right? Instead of 20 life, it's 40 life. And instead of one player, it's three players. So that's 120 life. That's a lot. So we need effects like this, like Dictator the Twin Gods, that multiply the amount of damage being dealt. And... You can do this as long as you control Jessica. Um, Obviously, you cannot cast her if you haven't cast your commander. Now, if she is your commander and you cast her, she'll enter with one loyalty counter. So you can zero her indefinitely as long as you protect her. Whether you're in Gruul and you have an enormous beat stick and you're just going to swing it at somebody and and go ridiculously tall with triple damage, or... You know, Mike, a lot of people play tall creature decks. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Voltron, but a lot of people play tall creature decks, like Eldrazi. Right. And uh, and like big plus X plus X decks. And you can say, hey, this is until your next turn. So they attack on their turn at their leisure. They don't have to like make any snap decisions. You can say, hey, 
I'm going to make that creature that's a 7-7 become, basically it's going to deal 21 damage. Your, com- your commander's a 7-7, they lose the game when you attack. I want to rename Jessica Thrice Reborn into Rita Repulsa, because it's literally make my monster grow. And more importantly, it's if it would deal damage to your opponents. So you get to... It can't backfire. It can't... It, it, the only way it, backfire, it backfires is if they in turn also hit you with something else. Like they lose value off of it. But you're not going to... You're going to you're gonna talk to them, right? You're not right. going to do this and leave it there. You're going to say, hey, I'm going to make this creature enormous. Please swing into that guy. So can I tell you what deck I'm really looking forward to making with this? Uh, Rickthar? Uh, that's a cool one. Um, but no... So there's this commander called Arden, Intrepid Archaeologist, that at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may attach any number of auras and equipment you control to target permanent or player. Oh my god. I would love to play Arden, equip Arden with a bunch of stuff, and have him doing triple damage to stuff. This is... You could play a Boros deck, Arden, partner with Jessica. Right. This is weird. You can basically say that creature right there is literally going to kill somebody. Yeah! Guaranteed. You can shine heaven's light on someone's <laughs> commander and say, when you attack with that commander, they are someone is dead. They are the boomstick. I think that's an interesting Boros deck right there, Mike. I'm I'm very proud of it, and I was proud of the Rita Repulsa thing, and then went, wait, I can top this. I like <laughs> I like I like Jessica a lot. Um moving off of red, because that is that is our red political. <laughs> That's our red political card. Um, We're moving on to green. We've pumped up a lot of cards. I think this is probably my favorite card in the set. It's very group. It's weird and cool. Root Weaver Druid. Two generic and a green for uh, for an elf druid, 2-1. When Root Weaver Druid enters the battlefield, each opponent may search their library for up to three basic land cards. They each put one of those cards onto the battlefield tapped under your control and the rest onto the battlefield tapped under their control. Then each player who search, searches their library shuffles their deck. Cool. Well, I don't want to give my opponents three lands. Well, you're not. You're giving them up to three lands, but you get one of those lands. And if they get any lands, you get at least one. Or if, you, if they get any lands, you get one. Group hug! <laughs> Alex! Go while I while I celebrate and pump my arms. This this is quite possibly my favorite card that's not a commander in this entire set. It's so cool. This, this is my exact flavor of group hug. I love it so much. Just like you said, either they get no lands or you get at least you get one land. Right? There's no, you always get the first land they find. So there is no possible way. That they get lands, but you don't get any lands. Right. It's it's almost like a fixed tempting offer, temporary discovery, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Except that it's a lot more fair. Yep. Like this this is a windmill slam in my Vanifar deck. It's going right in. Oh, for sure. It it so I like this because depending on how you do things, like I totally understand that the way that you play and the rules say that you play in effect. And it goes around the table for each opponent, and and that's how it goes, and whatever. That is how it goes. But if you play this, and somebody is playing Boros, and they say, I can go get two basics and you get one, 
fine. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care where that Boros player is sitting. I don't care if they're on your right. They're gonna say that. They're gonna get excited. And that means the other two players at the table have to go, well, if he's gonna do it, I should do it. I can't let him yeah, have two more lands. Goes. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've given yeah. two opponents two lands, and you got two lands. So is one more opponent gonna say, no, I'm good? No, then everybody's ramping three, or everybody else is ramping two while you're sitting pat. Why? So I don't get... This is... I, I love this card. This is a three-mana version of Veteran Explorer, and Veteran Explorer is one of my favorite cards. Yep. Yep. This is... This is very cool. I like it. If I love it. I it, it, This is a cool card. Um, We're... A plus. We're a little bit... We're a little bit... Uh, We're about halfway through... I would talk about this for like another 10 minutes, but we should oh, get yeah. through. It's great. Um, that's, that's bottom line. It's fantastic. It's a great card. If, if anybody gives you if any kind of afraid of playing this card, because you're afraid of giving your opponents lands, stop it. Okay. Stop it. This card is raw value. If, if you are afraid of playing this card because you're afraid of giving your opponents cards, you should listen to some of the previous episodes that we've done. Second of all, you're only giving your opponents extra lands if those opponents aren't in turn giving you lands if you you need you need two people to do this it's fine if you get three people you're up great don't play this card if it's you and one other person that's really the only time that i I don't like this card next card definitely a very very much not the same effect (laughs) because we have the root weaver druid it's art kind of literally Weaving roots. Then we have Sweet Gum Recluse. Whoa. Uh, four generic, two green for a 0-3 spider that has flash and cascade and reach. Oh, also, when Sweet Gum Recluse enters the battlefield, put three plus one plus one counters on each of any number of target creatures that entered the battlefield this turn. Ugh. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, Alex, go ahead. Yeah, so let's just get this out of the way, Mike. The art is horrific. It's it's a little unsettling, um, to say the least. Every every place that is discussing this card, whether it's Reddit, whether it's Discord, the first thing that everyone says when they see this card is, what the hell is going on with that spider? And I'll describe it for you, uh, dear listener, because I don't want you to look at this card. It is a large spider with its with its fangs, and it's in a web with a bunch of sweet gum, which looks like amber, almost like orange amber. And its abdomen is full of holes, and out of the holes is seeping sweet gum. It is the most horrific thing you can imagine. Oh my god, why is there gum com- coming out of its holes? That's all I'll say about it. I'm done. Um, <laughs> it's awful. Now, the effect on the card is kind of ridiculous because Mike, this card has flash and it has cascade gross. So (laughs) just gross. First of all, the first thing that happens right away is this is a three, six, right? That is true. It's never going to be a zero three. Nope. Cause it enters the battlefield. So it gets, it's, it's a three, six right away. Yep. Now, Mike, a lot of my decks are group hug decks and several of those group hug decks Give my opponents creatures and tokens. Mm-hmm. I can play this whenever I want. It's an instant speed. It has flash. 
Maybe somebody puts out a bunch of tokens. Maybe I give a bunch of tokens. Maybe I just cast a big fat Tempt with Vengeance for like 20 mana <laughs> and just gave everybody a ton of, of elemental creatures. Yeah. That are one ones. Mike, now those uh, now those 21 ones are four fours. And instead of 20 damage, it's 80 damage. Uh, Command Zone Head had an excellent flavorful recommendation to run this card. You could run this card with Arachnogenesis. That, that was the one that came into my head when I saw it the first time. <laughs> and Arachnogenesis is an instant for two and a green. that uh, says, create a spider for each creature that's attacking you and prevent all damage that would be dealt by non-spider creatures this turn. So those, I believe, Mike, that those are one ones that it makes. One twos. They're one twos? Yes. So now, now they're four fives. Yep. So you just made as many four fives that don't take damage and you keep them. Now, I will say, holding up six mana is a big ass. Sure. It's flash speed. However, you're in green. You're a, you're a big boy. You're a big girl. You can you can hold up six mana in green. This is that's not out of the realm of possibility. Green is so beyond the pale as far as how much it can ramp these days. Like it, we're gonna have to have a, a talk, an episode, a whole episode maybe about just how out of control green is. It's by far the best color. An intervention, that, yes, and it ramps to high heaven. <laughs> you're so Alex. I respect. Up, I respect everything you're saying. I have. I have to stop you before you potentially move on for the rest of this card. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Okay, because I feel like the it's, we haven't talked about the other part of this card that scares me. It's got Cascade. I know. I know. It has Cascade. Alex, the, Which means uh, that <laughs> you get a 0 to 5 CMC card uh-huh. off the top of your library. And you're going to find one. Yeah. Holding up six mana, you're not just pumping a bunch of creatures and making a 3-6 blocker. That, that can block flying creatures if that's if that's not to your fancy it also just cascades yeah just, so the amount of value crammed into this six mana body is about what you would expect for a green spell mike and it's it's quite good alex it's quite good alex i apologize for interrupting you for getting to where i we needed to be because you were already there man yeah this card is no, I, this I, card's I, good <laughs> you know me i'm i love to talk and i will ramble about anything especially magic concepts and i would be perfectly happy to talk for hours and hours about just how good green is at ramping and about how we have to stop it at all costs moving on to but our next card <laughs> <laughs> no you, you, in Rakdos. you're absolutely right um that i'm penciling it in now we're gonna have to have a color pie conversation uh, but we're gonna have a green and white conversation. Pretty much, uh, Selesnia, most unbalanced guild. Moving on, we are on to our multicolor, our gold. They've got some cool effects. They got some weird effects. We're gonna start with Blim, comedic genius. This is a two generic, one black, one red, legendary creature imp four three, with flying. Whenever Blim, Comedic Genius, deals combat damage to a player, that player gains control of a target of target permanent you control. Then, each player loses life and discards cards equal to the number of permanents they control but don't own. This is Reverse Zedru. It's Reverse Zedru. It's exactly Reverse Zedru, except for it's immediately instead of on upkeep. And instead of paying three mana, it's Hit him. swing through yeah. and deal damage. Which is... Better. It, it's better, especially when it's on a thing that has some form of evasion already. 
with flying. Give it double strike. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about that. You're in red. You take as many combat phases as you want. Gross. Yeah. Like, this is like fixed Zedru, but they did it backwards. Like, how, how broken is that? So I, I was sitting here thinking, like, it's a slightly better Zedru. I didn't even think about all the stuff that you can oh, easily do with it. Oh, my gosh. It's way better than Zedru. This is way better than Zedru. Zedru was made in 2011, and they were experimenting with political cards, and they did a bang-up job on Zedru. Everybody will remember Zedru until the day they die because it's so unique. This card is better than Zedru. Can we go back to Root Weaver Druid? I'm so I'm I went from so happy to like concerned with the recluse, and now I'm sad again because I just I wanted to make this, and now I feel like if I do, I have to put in those double strike effects. I have to put in extra combats for oh, this. You're damn right, you do. And then oh, you're gonna get some value out of this card. Oh yeah, no, this is this is mean. You're you're gonna donate. Holy, you're cow. gonna donate all sorts of terrible things. I'm gonna make everybody sad. Oh, you know what? I feel better. It's each player. It's totally fine. Everything is okay. It's symmetrical. Nope. Um, <laughs> this is... It's it's a very cool concept. And I understand that... Well, is it really a concept if you just made opposite of Zedru? Yeah, because Zedru's freaking weird. This is... This is a cool... This is even weirder. This is much weirder. Um, I... Yep, that's it. That's a cool card. So our next card here is Lathiel. The... Bounteous Dawn? Bounteous. Bounteous Dawn. All right, I got it. Uh, Two generic, one green, one white. For a legendary creature, Unicorn, 2-2 with lifelink. At the beginning of each end step, if you gained life this turn, distribute up to that many plus one, plus one counters among any number of other target creatures. I like this card. I, I, I like pumping up any creatures. I like things that target other people's creatures. Alex, tell, tell me more about this. Yeah, Mike, this is, uh, this is actually the second legendary unicorn we've got yeah. recently. We also got a meal. Selesnia hasn't really been moving in, in any new and interesting directions like some certain other color pairs that I could talk about. But insofar as making a commander that's political with plus one, plus one counters, how many plus one, plus one political commanders are there? There's this one. There's Experiment Krage. Yep. Maybe there's a few more. Maybe. If you like plus one, plus one counters, but you don't want to do it the normal way. Right. Which is pump your whole board and then swing out and then win with combat damage. Why not go with Lathiel and spread out that level round because you can target your opponent's creatures. You can spread it out as much as you want. You can give it to Lathiel. You can gain a bunch of life with all the counters you put on her. You can put it on other people's... Commander, I mean, if, if you have instant speed life gain effects, uh, which green and white definitely both have, for sure, then then you're you're gaining life every turn. This this reminds me quite a bit of black effects that say whenever an opponent lost life, yeah, you'll you'll get a benefit. So I'm thinking about this in decks like uh, Amara, the one where when you tap it, you make a one one soldier with lifelink. I'm thinking about it in my Silvala deck. Big fan of it in there because. That's that's something that I like to untap Silvala a whole lot. And I like to do this on other people's turns. And I like that kind of concept. It's not breaking the game by any means, but it it's an interesting commander. 
at least as a, well, I don't know if it's an interesting commander so much as I, I like this card in the 99 of a lot of other decks. I don't know that I build this as the uh, the lead singer on anything that I'm doing, but I do yeah, like I wouldn't it. exactly call this an interesting commander, let's be honest. This is not trailblazing anything. It's no Blim. No, no. Blim, if that's the standard that we're talking about, then who is Blim, really? Some of the ones we're about to talk about are as interesting as Blim. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so another reprint that we kind of put aside. Yeah, we forgot about this one. <laughs> I mean, not really, though, because I want to talk about this on its own more. In than... detail, yeah. Uh, Ludovic, Necro Alchemist, Legendary Creature Human Wizard, 1-4. At the beginning of each player's end step, that player may draw a card if a player other than you lost life this turn and it has partner. It's a pretty cool effect. Yeah, it's, it's okay, but... I'm going to be honest, like if, if I'm running this effect and I don't particularly care which color combination I'm in, mm -hmm. I'm probably running Edric, right? I Like Edric is just a better version of this. So here's the thing with that for me. Edric, if you're running the wrong, Edric, if you build it, you're building Edric and you're probably being oppressive with it. Ludovic at least puts a little bit of a cap on it where they get to draw a card if somebody Ludovic, other than you. Ludovic doesn't protect you. That's why nobody runs him. Ludovic does not put any limitation on them attacking you and you losing life. It, if that's they true. swing at everybody, correct? They'll, they'll draw a card and you still got hit, right? That's why people don't like Ludovic. And that's fair. But, the, yeah. the counter is that Ludovic is also a partner. So he's not by himself the way that you build him. Sure. I'm in the, don't get me wrong, I'm not, uh, he is a reprint, we are talking about him briefly, I think I'm looking at my stopwatch for about another 14 seconds or so, I, I like that he doesn't get over-oppressive on his own like you can get with an Edric, he's back, it's fine, I like partner commanders, I'm glad this set exists with lots of partners. This this is a very on-color, is it commander? Yeah, right? oh for sure. Like, is it, is it all about crazy experimentation this is clearly supposed to be dr frankenstein oh flavor wise and it's from awesome. is clearly supposed to be frankenstein's yeah. monster um how does one become a self-taught genius naturally requires brains this is <laughs> this is mad scientist written all over yep. it it's extremely flavorful that's fantastic mike i would not run this card okay all right i i've i'm i think i'm i'm trying to be just the optimist on all of these as much as i possibly can right this now. this card came in the kaneo centero precon it did i i don't have it and i took it out <laughs> that's fair <laughs> well it's still in my trade binder to this day nobody wants it i am actually starting to think that a little bit your, your down votes on some of these commanders that we've talked about recently is because you're just really looking forward to this next one belby Corrupted Observer. Hi, Belbe. <laughs> Corrupted Observer. Black, green, legendary creature, zombie elf, 2-2. Two, two. At the beginning of each player's post-combat main phase, that player adds two colorless for each of your opponents who lost life this turn. What? Mike. Oh, my God. What? This, this is probably... The single most interesting group of commander they've printed this entire year, right? I, like, other than what we're about to talk about, there's a few more right. that we're going to talk about today that that are possibly as interesting, if not more interesting. But 
everybody, everyone's already talking about those. Everybody already knows about the ones that we're going to talk about. And they're already, they're already brewing those. Nobody's talking about Belbe, Mike. And they forgot Belbe about Belbe is, you're going to act like you <laughs> forgot about Belbe. Everybody's trying to talk. Um, <laughs> I forgot about Belbe. Belbe is so interesting. She, Let's talk about what yeah. we can do with Belbe. So we already have commanders in mono green that that donate mana. Uh, she's a go caller of autumn, mm-hmm. right? That donates three mana each turn, but that's only three mana or two mana. Right. This is two mana for each opponent yeah. who's lost life. Yeah. Do you know what colors are really good at making opponents lose life at instant speed? It's black. Yeah. Right? Black <laughs> has instant speed life loss effects. And Mike, those effects, if you're just doing a little bit of life, maybe one or two life, like extort, right? Extort, extort. is not an Orzhov effect. Blood artist effects. So if you have an extort effect in, in black mm-hmm. or in green, and they're probably going to be in black, yep. then you can extort an instant speed spell. Everybody loses life, and it's for each of your opponents. Yeah. So you make all three of your opponents lose life. Six colorless mana. You just donated six colorless mana. Think about that value. This, Mike, this is an interesting group hug commander. So I'm going to apologize. Because I think I defended defended Ludovic as much as I did. Because I had a incorrect interpretation on Belve. My, My surprise and the what was because I actually read the card more thoroughly this time. Um, oh, did you not read her right? I I did not I did not register the each. I thought this was a cool card as was. No, it's no. each. Each of your opponents and any life drain effect six mana. Okay, I I Belbe Belbe was on my love, high end, but now this is my yeah. this is my sleeper card. Like Mike, people are talking about some of the really interesting stuff oh, that we're sure. about to get into. And and they're all over it, right? They're they're all about those cards. No one is talking about Belbe. And this card is fantastic Rupug value. In Golgari, I love it. And by no means are we talking about all of the commanders. Like uh, there's oh, no, no, no way. No, no, no. Not even close. There's a thousand different places and sources you can go to for that. We're gonna talk about yeah. the ones that are interesting for what we like most. And And that's politics. Yeah, Belbe Belbe was like already in my top three or four. She still might be one. I, I, she might be one now. I don't know. We'll 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 get there. Um, More like Belle Bay. She is Bay. She is Bay. Moving on into not Bay. Uh, Gore Muldrak, and Fina and uh, See, I, I knew I was going to screw it up because I got. It. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> You're good, Mike. Okay. It's fine. Well, you do it now. Now I can't. I'm too nervous. All right. Next commander is Gore Muldrak, Anthonologist. It's uh, for one green blue. It's a legendary creature, human scout. It's a three two. It says you and permanents you control have protection from salamanders. That's a weird line Golly of text. Golly gee, gosh, Mike, that's that's not a common <laughs> creature type, is it? No, and it's not a I, common effect. Maybe while I'm reading this, you can look up how many salamanders are in the game. I'm guessing one. <laughs> At the beginning of your end step, each player who controls the fewest creatures c- creates a four-three blue salamander warrior creature token. The day of reckoning is coming. Knowledge of the Amphin may be our only refuge. So this is... Uh, it's cool. This is Simic. And applause, applause. They made a Simic commander that is not broken. Right. 
It does not draw you cards. It does not ramp you lands. It doesn't make you pop off with raw good stuff value. It's a modest commander that has a group hug effect. And Mike, no one's going to play this card. I guarantee you. Uh, what are you talking about? How, what's what's the excuse? If if they don't play that card, then how are they going to get the full value out of their Amphin Mutineer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, these definitely go together. That's that 4-3 blue Salamander Warrior token. So, so Mike, yeah. how many Salamanders are there? I'm, the so, um, how many did you say it was? I, 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 I guessed one. Okay, so including the Amphin Mutineer, yeah. there's actually four. I wasn't that far off. Here's the problem. The other three are all red. Oh, so <laughs> technically, I was right. Yeah. There is there is one, and it's it's Amphin Mutineer, right? That's the only one. Yes. Yeah. So when, when this card says protection from salamanders, what it really means is at the beginning of your end step, each player who controls the fewest creatures creates a 4-3 blue salamander warrior creature token that can't attack you or planeswalkers you control. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Pretty much. Um, I, I think, is it called, is the red enchantment right of the raging storm that creates? Yes. Okay. So if creates you, five one. yes, if you want to make stuff for people that can't hit you and hits each other, just play that enchantment. Don't, don't, don't lean into Gore, to Gore Moldrak. Don't, it, he's, it, it's, this... I like the idea. I wish they had done it with like a creature type that, I don't know, it wasn't this. You know, I wish they had done this in in a color pair that wasn't Simic because my yeah. people have an expectation of Simic, and and that really came true in this set. Mike. There are a couple of cards in this set and in pretty much every set, right? That are just value, right? When you think of Simic, what's the first word you think of? Value. value. Simic is so pushed in the game of Commander, and this card is not pushed at all this is very low on the power end this is a very modest commander probably one of the most fair civic commanders you can play um and i say that playing vanifar which is one of the least fair civic commanders you can play i try to play it fair but this ooh, it's not raw group of no not at all but here here's my question then so if this was a boros commander where red oh actually where red actually has salamanders well, it has three salamanders. Well, it does. <laughs> it has infinite number of salamanders more than every other if color. It was in Boros, there's there's good changeling cards in in white. Sure, but red. yeah, but that that's kind of where I'm. Swap. That's kind of where I'm getting at. Is it it is this is this something that we don't like a lot because it's Simic, or is this something that we don't like a lot because it, it the idea itself is a little flawed on its yeah, own? Here's here's the issue. It's low power. Even for Boros. Okay. Right? For Simic, it's below zero. No one's going to play this. Like, literally, I would be surprised one year from now if there are more than 10 Gormaldrak decks. Right? Yeah. Like, no one is playing this card. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Sorry, Gory. We're going to move on to... We love you. We're going to move on to uh, somebody that we referred to as Disc a little bit earlier. Um, Nevenroll. Or more Tyrant. Three generic, one white, one blue, one black, for a 3-6 legendary creature, Zombie Wizard, with a lot of words. Um, Hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. When Nevenroll, Urborg Tyrant, enters the battlefield, create a tapped 2-2 black zombie creature token for each creature that died this turn. 
When Nevin roll dies, you may pay one generic. When you do, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Okay, uh, Alex, tell me tell me some of the how how does this work? Tell me some of the themes and what you're trying to do with this with this deck. Mike, they just can't help themselves. This <laughs> this has so much crammed on that card. Oh my god! All of the words, all of the words. So last episode, if you've been with us, we talked about hexproof from. Hexproof from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments means that uh, artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Mike, what's our acronym? Debt. It's Sorry, debt. it took me a second. I got there before you. It's okay. You got it. It's debt, right? <laughs> they can't be dealt damage, enchanted or equipped, blocked or targeted. Right. That's protection. Yep. We don't have protection. This is hexproof. This it's is hexproof. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't have protection from artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Nope. It only stops you from being targeted. So, by opponents, artifacts it's, can't target yeah. it. Creatures can't target it. Enchantments can't target it. There's, I, I mean, that'll protect it a little bit from removal, right? But right. what's going to protect it a lot more from removal is its death trigger. Yeah, which is literally Nev's disc. Yeah, they put Nev's disc on him. This Nev in your all. Yeah. The flavor win yeah. is absolutely there. Like, oh my god. It's This is probably the single most popular commander in the entire set right now. Really? Everybody is talking about Nevenir. Huh. They're all over this card. It's I mean, this is a lot of value, Mike. It's a lot okay. of value. You're making a ton a ton of creatures. You can sack your entire board. Maybe you're sacking five creatures to an altar. You get ten mana. Then you make five more creatures. Then you sack all those creatures. So now you're floating... I mean, maybe you used a bunch of that mana to pay for him, right? Hold on. Because it's creatures that died this turn. So it's even creatures that died before he got there, right? Right. He sees creatures that died before you even cast him. And then you can sack him. And blow up the whole board, and you're floating ten mana. Ugh. Maybe you cast him again, and make ten zombies. <laughs> Mike, this guy explodes with value. At least, at least if okay. So he does destroy artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Yes. So when he does die, if you blow up the board, yes, you're floating mana. But at least you have to get rid of the altars and things along those lines that hopefully put that into effect. I... No, no, I tried. I tried, world. I tried to reason away some of the gross. So we, we need to have a brief conversation because there may be some people listening right now who are very confused. Yeah. They're saying... Mike and Alex, why the hell on your My Favorite Group Hug and Political Cards in Commander Legends podcast episode are you talking about Nev's Disc and Nev the Boy himself yeah. for Tyrant? Yeah. Um that's that's because Nev's Disc and by extension Nev himself, because they both have the same effect. Yep. One's an activated ability, one's a triggered ability. These are very political effects. Oh, absolutely. But it's not in a nice way. No. 
it's in a mean way. It's almost like politics aren't is, always clean or nice or... No, you, you can play real dirty, Mike, because when you are holding up a Nev's disc effect, there's a reason why it enters tapped, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're able to tap and sack it, you can threaten to destroy the whole board whenever you want to, and there's nothing anyone can do a goddamn thing about it. You can freeze the game solid with that card, with Ned's disc and with Ned. You basically, you basically have to, and, and from the outside, if somebody has one of those effects, you basically have to treat them like them. the arch enemy and beat on them yeah. and make their life miserable until they're forced to use it. Number one, when this comes out, you stop playing cards immediately. Mm-hmm. Number two, you out the strike that player every single turn until they blow it up. It's, it's almost it is the only option. It's almost like when you know somebody has a counter spell in hand, so you don't play stuff because you don't want to get countered. So that means that it countered mm-hmm. your stuff anyway. This this is the this is the similar effect where oh, this guy can blow up the board whenever they want. I don't like, want to. This is kind of no, a problem. You got to get them because they're, they're, this this is in white, blue, black. Yeah, this is in what's that? Sultai? No, what is that? Um, Esper. Esper. Thank you so much. Get in there, buddy. This is an Esper, and and white and blue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have enchantments that allow you to protect yourself from being attacked. There are many of them. Right. Propaganda. Ghostly prison. There's a ton of these effects. There's also a lot of fogs. Mm-hmm. Niven or Borg Tyrant can make it very difficult for you to attack them, which is really your only means of, of dealing with this, right? right. Because you you can't remove him. If you play if you play a spell to remove him, they're just gonna sack him and then blow up the board. You can't play normally. Right. Because you're going to get hit even harder and get blown out even more. And there's and, and Black has if they build the game right, you can't attack them because they're going to they're going to tax you. And Black also has the ability to in a pinch you get recursion and all things like that, which is fine, but if, if even if you're running this as your commander, there Black has a bunch of effects where it says when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Sack it, kill it, bring it back. What's the best way, Mike, to to lock down an extremely problematic commander that you can't kill, or if you kill it, bad things are going to happen. You right? enchant it with it's, something to where it can't activate its mm-hmm. abilities or anything. You, oh, you lignify it. Yeah. You imprison it in the moon. Oh, wait. It has hexproof yeah. from enchantments. Ouch. This is a powerhouse of a commander. Can we talk about something more cool, more fun? Sure, let's go for it, man. Yeah. Nevin Roll, why are you so mean? I like your disc. This is getting a little bit explicit. Disc. All right. Now you're making right. now you're making me uncomfortable. Okay. okay. Obeka, brute chronologist. How did I get chronologist correctly? But I couldn't. Oh, whatever. That's not that hard of a word. You got this. Whatever. <sighs> One generic blue, black, red for a legendary creature. Ogre wizard. Love the ogre wizards. Three four. You can tap it. The player whose turn it is may end the turn. Exile all spells and abilities from the stack that the player whose turn it is discards down to their maximum hand size. Damage wears off, and this turn and until of turn until end of turn effects end. I 
this this also I think gets the uh, the extra victory lap of having best flavor text as far as I'm concerned with I'm bored with now. I like I like Obeka. Yeah. This is a cool card. If Nev is not the most popular and anticipated commander in this set, it's certainly Obeka. Really? What? Why? What did you think the most so, anticipated commander? Well, I, I I saw Nevenroll being a pretty big one. Um, I'm I'm more in the like because Obeka says the player whose turn it is may end the turn, mm-hmm. and that player has to decide. I didn't think that this was going to be as popular because most of the time when players are wanting to end the turn and stop things, it's not because it's their turn. I, I thought this was like, this isn't a, I'm going to stop the combo player from going off because they're going off during their turn. So well, Mike, help me that's, out. That's because the way that you're thinking of using this card and the way that I think of using this card is as a political effect. You can say, hey, somebody just cast something on your turn. Right. That's going to blow you out. They cast spot removal. They cast a counter spell. They cast a board wipe. Psych rift. Okay. Right? And you say, hey, that's pretty bad. You don't want that to resolve, right? You don't have a counter spell. Let's exile it off the stack. So that's how you and I yeah. would use this card, right? And that's I think that's very interesting. I, I do I too. I would love to build this deck like this. Most people are not thinking about that. When most people are thinking about this card... They're thinking about hmm, red extra turn effects that oh, say you lose the no. game. They're thinking about theft effects that say that you lose control of that creature at the end of your turn. Yeah. Or sneak attack effects that sacrifice the creature at the end of your turn. Ooh, none of that stuff's going away now. You keep it forever. Wow, this card is incredibly powerful. This card is a lot like Sundial of the Infinite, which is... If it's your turn, end the turn, right? Yeah. That's an artifact. Everybody knows that card. Mike, when when you and I think of this as a political card, that's great, and I love it. Most people will look at this card and see, I can cheat every rule. Uh, okay, so what about the cards that say until the next, uh, at the next end step? Mm-hmm. Does this get around so, that? We have to be very careful. Yeah. Because there are a lot of, there are a lot of ins and outs here. There's... A couple of things we have to keep in mind. If it says, if anything says at the beginning of the next blank, yeah. at the beginning of the next end step or upkeep, those are going to wait until the next end step or upkeep happens. Okay. Right? So if you end your turn prematurely, it's not going to go to an end step and it's going, that effect will wait until the next end step. Okay. However, however, if you allow that trigger to go on the stack, and then end the turn, exiling the trigger, in some cases, in the one that I specifically mentioned at the beginning of the next end step, mm-hmm. that will not trigger again. And you exiled it. So that doesn't happen. So there are, we, we do have to be very careful. And if you're building this commander, you need to be very careful because there are a lot of very similar effects that have very similar language that Obeka may interact with in the way you think of. Maybe it'll interact a little bit differently. Just read it very carefully and know that you have two options. You can either end the turn to make sure it never gets to that point, or you can wait for that thing to trigger and then exile the trigger off the stack. But some effects trigger every step, right? So we have to be careful. There's cards like Underworld Breach that people see this card and they think, oh my god, Underworld Breach, this card's going to be nuts with Underworld Breach. Slow that roll. 
Underworld Breach for one of the reddits an enchantment that says each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus exile three cards from your graveyard. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Underworld Breach. Mike, you can exile that trigger once, but it's going to trigger again. At the end It's going to trigger on every single end step, including your opponent's end steps. So we have to be very careful when we're playing this commander read the card figure out when it triggers if it triggers multiple times because there are a lot of cards that look like they work great with obeka but they don't so you got to be very careful well that ends our impromptu judges corner segment and also ends our new segment mike gets excited for a card only to realize that it's much scarier and meaner than he thought it was and now he doesn't want to talk about it anymore no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's talk about the political angle, right? Yeah. Because that, as far as I'm concerned, the extra turns theft, whatever. Everyone's doing that. Right. Boring. Let's let's talk about being able to make someone immune from spells that they don't like. Right. Remember, remember when we talked a few weeks ago about a card named Supreme Verdict? Yeah. No. This this Supreme yeah, okay. Verdict can't be countered. Destroy all creatures, Mike. Ending the turn and exiling everything off the stack is not countering the spell, but you can be damn sure it's not resolving. Okay. This counters Supreme Verdict. And any other spell that can't be countered. Very, very powerful. That ends our newest, newest, newest segment where Mike feels much better about a card after Alex picks up his spirits. Hooray! Hooray! Okay, Obeka. I do worry that a little bit that if you or I were to make Obeka, we would make it in the way that we've discussed. Mm-hmm. And we'd sit down at a table and we'd pull out Obeka as our commander and the three other players go, hmm. Like, and then you have to do that. No, 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 no. It's not that Obeka. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Here's the thing yeah. though. That, that, yes, you're right. That's going to be awkward. However, I've been there before. I think you have too, right? Oh, yeah. I have an Emrakul deck. Yeah. I have a Vanifar deck. They're both exceedingly fair. Okay. They don't have any nonsense going on in them. And I think that you play enough games with your pod, they're going to realize, okay, they're telling the truth. They're not going to take infinite turns with Obeka. It's going to be fine. Obeka. I'm bored with now. Let's go to the next commander. We are getting so good at those. (laughs) I'm forward with now. She's punching reality. She really shatters like glass. It's it's dope. Your lock of Scorch Thrash. One generic, one black, one red, one green. Legendary creature. uh, Vishino? Vishino? Vishino. Vishino. Wow, I wasn't even close. Shaman. 4-4 with Vigilance. A player losing unspent mana causes that player to lose that much life. For one generic and tap it, each player adds black, red, green. Do you want do you want me to just clear out and take take off my headphones and just leave for the next seven minutes? Mike, please, that's insulting. I want to talk with you. Oh no, I just I I wanted to let you go. Like I'm here. I like this card, but I right, feel gonna, like you I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, pop off briefly. Okay. I wish this card weren't in Jund because I already have a Jund deck, and this is way more interesting than that. Let's talk about your luck. Your lock brings back mana burn. It does. If you're a, if you're a, uh, a player who uh, who started playing 
more recently, within the past five or so years, you may not be aware of a much older rule that does not exist anymore. It's very important. Where if you would lose unspent mana, which you do lose at the end of every step, phase, and turn, it empties out your mana pool. If you lost any mana that way, you would lose that much life. The mana burned you, right? That's why we have... Uh, Oh my gosh, it's escaping my mind. My memory is terrible. Mike, what is the one in a red enchantment with cumulative upkeep that oh! makes you red mana? I will, I will look it up because I because I know what you're talking about. And I, I've seen Jimmy Braid Wong play of Fire. it. There it is. I was going to say, I've seen Braid Jimmy Wong play it and love it. Right. Braid of Fire is a, it's a relic, right? It's a, it's a card from a different time. It's a, uh, what what's the word for for an organ that's that's been deprecated from your body, like the appendix. Ah, oh, um, you're getting into medical, and I can hardly keep up with magic. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. Well, talk about talk about Braid of Fire and why it was bad and now good. So it has it has cumulative upkeep. Add one red mana. Cumulative upkeep is an upkeep trigger where you have two options when it triggers on your upkeep. You can either sacrifice the permanent or you can put an age counter on the permanent and then pay the cumulative upkeep cost for each age counter it has so the first time you pay it you'll pay it once the second time you'll pay it you'll pay twice as much right the third time you'll pay three times as much it's a cumulative cost it keeps increasing the cost of braid of fire vestigial it's a vestigial card I'm so glad I thought of I'm that. I'm really proud of you right now. <laughs> uh, the cost of Braid of Fire, Mike, is that you add red mana to your mana pool, which for us today, if you were a new player looking at Braid of Fire, you'd go, huh? Like, what the hell is that card? You're adding mana to your mana pool, and you're adding more mana each turn that, that passes that this triggers. The first turn that it triggers on, on your upkeep, you'll add one red mana. The second turn... It'll add two red mana, and the third turn will add three red mana. It it just keeps expanding. This card, Braid of Fire, is great if you have a commander that has an activated ability and its mana cost, um, in in or a, an activated ability that that costs mana in the mana cost of that ability. Because uh, as as I just explained, as each step and and phase ends, for example, when you move from your upkeep to your draw step, you're going to lose unspent mana, and once upon a time, as I was just saying, losing that unspent mana meant that you also lost life. But since that doesn't happen anymore, Braid of Fire is now like the ultimate value card, right? Like there's literally no reason that you wouldn't run it if you're in red and your commander has an activated ability. Right. Um, it's it's pretty fantastic and it's quite expensive. That's That's a vestigial mana burn card because at one point you would be punished, right? If you, let's say it's five turns and you have five red mana, and your commander's been destroyed, right? If you greedily take that mana without realizing that you can't spend it all, then you would you would take five damage. Um, but of course, if you were smart, you would sacrifice it. And and I've actually had multiple people um, ask me if if they if I thought that uh, Braid of Fire was a completely nutty card to donate to another player with your luck. And I, I unfortunately had to tell them that cumulative upkeep is an optional cost and you can choose not to pay it and sacrifice 
the permanent instead. Uh, so it doesn't really work with your lock. But I bring it up because it's a relic of that time. And now you know everything you need to know about Mana Burn. Let's talk about all the fun things we're going to do with your lock. We're going to run every Mana Doubler that's a Group Hug Mana Doubler. We're going to run Dictative Karametra. We're going to run uh, Mana Flare. We're going to run everything. Keeper every... of Progenitus. Heartbeat of Spring. Yes. Yes. Yep. Oh my god, we're running everything. I can I can run the Zerta Ancient in another deck. Yeah. We're running every mana doubler that's a group hug mana doubler in the entire game in, in Junt, and that's most of them, right? We're giving everybody so much mana, and they need to spend it or they're gonna die. It has an activated ability that donates mana. I love cards that donate mana. I love it. I love uh the victory victory chimes that's from uh battle bond target player adds one colorless mana there's a uh, spectral searchlight target player adds a mana of any color um there's earthcraft which is tap a creature you control untap target basic land you can donate mana indirectly that way this card is so cool that I wish I didn't have a gen deck. Mike, what do you, what do you think about this card? I, I, why don't you just make another gen deck? You hush your mouth. But I, I already have one gen deck, Mike. It's after the afterlife party starring Sekwar the Death Keeper. It's the same color as mine. Oh, okay. So what you're telling me is that if... So what you're telling me is Nevinroll is the exact same commander as any other Esper commander that I I didn't make. say that. I exactly. Say that it's a different... Okay. Fine. I think I, I think love this card. I think your lock's awesome, and I think you are missing out because you're deciding you're not gonna make it without dismantling another deck. That's fine. I love this card so much that it's crossed my mind that I want to dismantle that gen deck to make this deck. Can I ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I give you an alternative? Just make yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Arcalos. <laughs> Moving on to Arcalos. Lacoon Mystic. One generic, black, green, blue, legendary creature, turtle shaman, 2-4. As long as Arkelos... Arkelos? Arkelos, what, you know. As long as, as long as Archilo is, is tapped. No. <laughs> other permanents enter the battlefield tapped. As long as Arkelos is untapped, other permanents enter the battlefield untapped. Life is not... I still like I'm bored with now more, but this is a very strong second. I'm bored with now is great. Yeah. Okay, Alex. So first, tell me why this effect is cool. Second, tell me why it's not in white. Yeah. Mike, I I can give you some great answers for the first question. I don't know if I can give you some great answers for the second question. This is Sultai, black, green, blue, just from where I'm sitting. This card seems pretty white, right? Like, this is clearly meant to be a Stax commander. Say you say you throw a Freed from the Real on Archelos. You can tap and untap him at will. Oh, good lord. I didn't even think about Freed from the Real. Yeah, Freed from the Real is an enchantment. It's a blue enchantment that has two activated abilities, enchant creature. For blue, tap enchanted creature. And for blue, untap enchanted creature, right? Yeah, you can you can freely tap and untap Arkelos 
as many times as you want for as many blue mana as you have. And with that ability, and with any other tap and untap ability, there's plenty of them, you can basically play hardball. Say, hey, buddy, how would you like to have all of your stuff enter tap next turn? Alternatively, strike some kind of deal, and literally everything enters untapped. Your bounce lands, your broken creatures and artifacts, your Nev's disc enters untapped, but don't play that. Like, this is this is, has uh, two different replacement effects, right? And they're based on the status of Arkelos. And if you control Arkelos' status, tapped or untapped, you control other permanents enter the battlefield, tapped or untapped. That's lands, creatures, it's artifacts, everything. You can dominate the board with this card. It's very strong. And you can play a bunch of tap lands in your deck and they're with not, a lot of value on yeah. them. And they're not tap lands. They're just lands now. Why is this card Sultai and not white? I think that's I think that's because Wizards just hates white. No, <laughs> I no. I think I think it's coming around the bend. Like, give it like one See you no, in twenty twenty five. No, hear me out. Give it one, two more decades, and white is gonna have a really good shot. <laughs> um so first You said hear me out like you were genuinely hurt that I wasn't giving enough time, and then you you one up me with the amount of time that I was estimating. Yeah, no, I, I listen. I'm happy to be surprised when it happens, if it happens, but I'm, I'm, oh, I'm not counting gosh. on it. So first of all, I've decided that his name is Archie because that it makes me very happy, and I'd like a turtle name. That's Archie. fine. You can, you can call him Archie. Uh, second of all, I feel like this is a card that could be political, but it 100% it paints a target on you because you are either doing everything you can to make the arch enemy at the time very 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 mad at you or you're probably making everybody mad at you um i mean mike if you play this card and you never tap him i don't think anyone's mad at you no but i i don't are you doing that i don't know that you're doing that (laughs) i don't think you're doing that i I don't i think i would do that at least give yourself the option to tap him. i would do that you would do that I don't think a lot of people that are going to play Archie as their commander are going to I would that. at least give myself an out. I wouldn't threaten people. But, you know, Mike, right. if they started to run away with the game a little bit, maybe got a little bit too Archie enemy. Oh, God. I would tap Archie. What have I done? Say, no value for you. <laughs> All right. Go play with Jughead. We're going to move on to another card to, to kind of wind down your happiness here. <laughs> um, let's talk about Quain. Um This is a one white, one blue, one three wizard. You can tap him. Each player can draw a card. Afterwards, each player that did draw a card gains one life. Um, okay. Sure. Go, go, go ahead, Alex. Mike, why does, why does this card exist? This is so frustrating. Did Look, look at some of the other group hug cards we talked about this set. We talked about Belbay. Belbay. We talked about Obeka. We talked about Yurlok. We talked about Arkelos. We even talked about Gore Muldrak. God damn it, we talked about Gore Muldrak. And we talked about Blim. We've talked about so many political cards that have new and interesting ideas, and they're powerful. Not Gore Muldrak, screw him. But we talked about some, some really fun and new interesting cards that can be a political commander they could be stacks or group slug commanders they could be group hug commanders they're probably going to be group hug commanders for me right now quain is garbage (laughs) 
why would they print this card? Do you know the card that I think of, Mike, when I see this card? What's that? I think of Kami of the Crescent Moon. Sure. Which is blue-blue for a Kami. And it says, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player draws a card. Woof. <laughs> that card was printed, what, like, <laughs> ten years ago? It was printed in Kami. Yeah, yeah, it's a long time it's, ago. It's, it's been a minute. It that That card was printed when, number one... I don't even think Commander was being played by anybody except Sheldon and company back then. Right. There was no Commander product, right? The concept of Group Hug probably didn't even exist. Like, nobody nobody was thinking about Group Hug back when Kami was printed. So it makes sense that it's a, a little bit on the weaker side as far as Group Hug Commanders are concerned. Still play it, though. It's good value. But Quain was printed today, or, you know, this week in 2020 is basically doing the same thing it is an activated ability they do gain life and it is a may ability i think kind of even makes it a little bit weaker right like you could uh you could be playing hole breacher in this deck but that's not going to work because they'll just not draw the card so like my question is of all of the of all of the group hug effects that you could do in azorius like guafa hazid like Waffle House, my man, he puts a bounty counter on creatures that can't attack or block, and that player draws a card. Great design. I love it. Mike, what the hell is with Quain? What is this? So here's where I'm at, and a peek behind the curtain for everybody listening. We've been talking over an hour and a half at this point. Quain is fine. Whatever. It, it, it's, I'm not going to make him a commander. Boring. I, the only reason that he exists is, as far as I'm concerned, is because I could have a rabbit wizard. That's fun. Other than that, mm. yeah, like, it. okay, cool. I can tap it to draw a card, so can everybody else. Then everybody can gain a life. There's not a whole lot of effects that you would want to do this with where people wouldn't just decide oh, well, then I just won't draw a card because they can choose. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. Um, I, I, Alex, I, I'm going... You, you've done this for me the entire podcast so far. It's going to be okay. I, I am going to try and uplift you. Of course it's going to be okay. I'm disappointed today, and then I'm never going to think about it again. That's fair. Right? Yeah, you know what? This, That's not true. You're going to buy a pack of, of the these brain. cards, and this is going to no, be... No, you're going to buy, you're gonna buy a booster pack of these cards, no. and you're going to get this one. And and it'll be the most twilighty nice. thing that can happen to you. It's it's your own black mirror, the the queen coming at you. We're gonna move on to why, why did you say twilight instead of the twilight zone? <laughs> why why would you say that? Uh, well, you know, um, <laughs> we're gonna move on to our last one here. Which, if this doesn't get you back on track and get Alex, we're not gonna say jumpy because it's too close to queen. It'll get you excited. Jared Carthalion. Damn it! I was so close. Last one, and I'm gonna screw it up. Oh well. True air. Red, green, white for a 3-3 legendary creature human warrior. When Jared True Air enters the battlefield, target opponent becomes the monarch. You can't become the monarch this turn. If damage would be dealt to Jared while you're the monarch, prevent that damage and put that many plus one plus one counters on him. This is cool. This is a cool card, Alex. Yeah, Mike, this is a really cool card. And I just want to have... A bit of a moment here with Jared because you need a break. He's a huge hunk. <laughs> he he looks he looks great. He looks like Hercules. He does. And 
And what Jared did is he went to Jared's and he got a ring and he put it on my opponent's finger and asked yep. me to and asked them to marry me. Yep. And they became the queen or the king. He's got a good Highlander, and, uh, 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 Highlander kind of feel to I'm him. I'm here too. to take what's mine, yeah. which is which is your heart, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a total stud. Um, we were talking about this earlier off off camera about the monarch mechanic, uh-huh. which is an interesting mechanic, right? Big fan. It 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 says if you are the monarch at the beginning of your end step, draw a card. Mm-hmm. Whenever a creature an opponent controls deals combat damage to you, that player becomes the monarch. So there can only be one monarch at a time. The idea is political adjacent. It it has political elements to it. The the thoughts are there. The fact of the matter is that that monarch was printed in the conspiracy set, which was an extremely political set. Everything it had voting, it had decision making. It, I mean, gosh, conspiracy. We need a third conspiracy set, Mike. But <laughs> there were so many political effects that you needed an effect that wasn't necessarily political, but it was you know it was kind of there. Sure, and that was monarch. Um, and they printed a huge typo on the monarch token, which thank God they finally now fixed with this set. <laughs> It, uh, that was embarrassing for them, I, I imagine. But, Mike, no Monarch card that I've seen has had this effect. When this creature enters the battlefield, target opponent becomes the Monarch. Yeah. And they start drawing cards. That's great. I love this. I love everything about it. I'm not even thinking about him pumping himself up because he's already big enough. His muscles look fantastic. And he's introducing... We were talking last episode about Commander Variants, Mike, and you had a great Commander Variant idea. First Blood Monarch. Mm-hmm. The player who does combat damage first introduces Monarch to the game, and we all know that once Monarch is in the game, it stays in the game, and it just gets passed around. Jared introduces Monarch to the game in the most fun political group hug way. It gives it to someone else. I love it so much. So couple of things for those who are wondering wait you guys talked about that last time we're going to release these in a slightly different order so that's a that's a spoiler as a hey foreshadowing um but you might not be thinking about the dealing damage to jared and pumping him up mike is 100 percent looking to pump jared up um I like that effect. I like anything where I can... I, I like introducing Monarch into the game. The fact that it's something that I'm giving to an opponent, I'm fine with it. That's fine. I'm going to give them one extra card because I'm going to get it back as soon as possible. Um, more importantly, I love the idea of doing that and then getting over to Jared, putting Jared, putting myself in a position where, okay, cool, I'm the Monarch. Uh, chain reaction? <laughs> Oh, look at that. Jared's a 35-35. Neat. I I like this card a lot. I all for, I'm going to play this, and then I'm going to do as many symmetrical everybody owies as I possibly can. Or, you know, okay, cool. Blasphemous Act. Great. Let's give Jared 13 counters. Let's make a big boy. I, I, this is cool. Like, um, I, I, I understand you're fawning over him, and... I can't see his eyes amazingly in the art, but I'm sure 
I'm sure that it's easy to get lost in them. More importantly, this is a... Easy to get lost in his pecs. <laughs> that, that you absolutely can see. Um, he's a beefy boy. But... He's got a big sword. He does. He Well, now now who's getting explicit? Um, this is a cool card. We ended on it for a reason. A, because it's a really cool card. It's a cool effect that doesn't exist in Magic until November 20th or whenever the set comes out. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, be, be, because Scryfall kind of screwed us over and didn't have it listed on their spoilers and... This is not unscribable yep. as we yep. speak. Uh, and neither is Quinn, but we don't care about Quinn. That's all right. Um, but we, we figured it out. Um, Jared's awesome. Mm-hmm. Alex, what do you think is your favorite card of the ones that we've talked about? That's so funny, Mike. I was just about to ask you that. Ha ha! I beat you to it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Your luck is... I've never thought about building a group slug deck before. Yurlock has Group Slug written all over it. Oh my gosh, it's the coolest thing ever. And unfortunately, I can never build him, so I'm going to have to go with Belbe. Okay. <laughs> all right. My main girl, Belbe the Corrupted Observer. You, you, no, Yurlock is incredible. I'm so happy they printed Yurlock. You zigged on you me know. there, um, but I appreciate that. So if I had to pick, if I had to pick my favorite commander... I think I have to make Arden and Jessica if I ever get the opportunity. That's just, that sounds fun really? to me. Yeah. They're just like yeah. ridiculous alpha strike immediately. Um, that's, that's some value there. But my, but my favorite card is Rootweaver Druid. It's not close. Like there's oh, a, absolutely. there's a lot of really cool cards in this set. There's a lot of cool cards, especially that we've talked about that for politics and group hug. Rootweaver is all, it's everything that I want. In a card. Root Weaver is... It's going in every green group hug deck ever for all time. It's going in every green deck that I have it. Like, I... I well, I, that's because you only make right. political group Oh, yeah, for decks. sure. It, but it is yeah. political. It is group hug. Mike, you it's made me scroll up and look at Sweet Gum Reckless again. I hate <laughs> And on that note, uh, we're going to skip our other segments this week because we have a ton of cards to talk about. We're going to be back real soon with... Uh, some of the not necessarily fall into uh, the political and group hug cards, but there's a lot of cards that we need to talk about on this set because this set literally has our format in its title. It is Commander Legends. Like Jeweled Lotus. We're here for it. Uh, so I'm not even going to give you guys an awesome sign off. I'm just going to say we're going to talk to you real soon. Uh, look out for gross spiders in the meantime. Talk to you later. Because they're right in front of me. See ya. <laughs>